praise team's going to bless us with one more song as we raise our offering this morning. So if you've got your offering ready to go, you can go ahead and get that right now. We want to be a blessing to the work of ministry. Salvation is free, but ministry cost. There's expenses when it comes to ministry, and that's why we give our offerings so that we can minister to the hungry, the poor, that the gospel can go all around the world. Amen. So you guys have one more song, don't you? All right. So they'll get ready for that song as we prepare our offering. So if you've got your offering, you can stand and I'll pray over it. And then you can come and they'll sing a portion of their last song and I'll go into the word. Amen. All right. Here we go. Father, we thank you for this offering that you've blessed us with. You are so good to us. Even when the economy is bad and groceries cost more, we're still eating. Even when rent and mortgages are higher, we still have a roof over our head. Even when clothes are more expensive and it costs more to drive places, we still have clothing and we still have gas in our cars. Why? Because you're a good God. Because you provide for us. And Father, our offering is just a way for us to say thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for being a provider. And we take this seed and we sow it back into your kingdom so that we might, as a church, be able to finance the work in which you've called us to do, which is to feed the poor, to take care of the orphan. We just heard about a fire and there's a family in need, God. So we thank you that we are cheerful givers. Why are we cheerful givers? Because no one is forcing us to give. From our own heart, we decide what to give. And because we do that, we can give cheerfully. So, Father, I pray blessings over this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. You can come at this time. Oh, why, oh, why, oh, why. Stand up on your feet now, lift your head up high. Don't wait till tomorrow, lay down your sorrow, freedom is here today. Wipe away those tears, child, put down your shame. Oh, I'll see an empty grave. I hear the heavens waking. Angels in jubilation That stone's been rolled away I feel the darkness breaking I feel the devil shaking Somebody celebrate I see an empty grave Wipe away those tears, child There's no need to cry Stand up on your feet now Lift your head up high Don't wait till tomorrow Lay down your sorrow Freedom is here today Wipe away 
so that they can use it for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If any of these children do not have labels on them, parents, can you please follow them down so that we can get some information from you? And at this time, our children are dismissed to go downstairs. So give our kids a big hand as they head downstairs at this time. So praise God. We are thankful for you all being here today, here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. And because, and do we go live yet? Because I don't want to. Did we go live yet? We did. It's all good. All right. So I'm not going to say anything crazy. It's all good. I just wanted to show a video before we went live because I didn't know if it was going to mess up things or not. Okay. All right. So we are going to talk about Jesus today, of course, but more importantly, being a servant to Jesus, because Jesus has come and he's done what he came to do. He died for our sins and he rose from the grave. And because he did those things, we now have freedom in him to have the salvation in which he died to give us. And today we're going to talk about Simon Peter, and we're going to call him a servant's servant, because we are all called to be a servant's servant. Now, Jesus was the ultimate servant. He said, I did not come to, to be served, but to serve. Jesus came all the way from heaven, all the way from glory and angels and no pain and, and no sweat and no effort and no evil to become a man. He humbled himself as a man to become a servant to us who were so unworthy, but still he did it for us because his love for us is so great. And in Luke chapter 22, verse 62, it says this, and Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. And that's going to be our anchor scripture this morning. Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. So if you want to cue that video now, we're going to watch a video. This is uh, soon after Jesus tells Peter that he's going to deny him three times. This will not be in English. It will be subtitled, though, but you'll be able to get the gist of what you're watching. Uh, remember, Peter wept bitterly at the end of this because Peter was truly an apostle, truly a servant of Jesus Christ, just like we are called to be. So we'll watch this video, and I'll be right back with you.
Church, can you say this with me? I am, I am a, servant's a servant's servant. So we see Jesus was an ultimate servant to his father, and he came to serve us. But he called servants unto himself as well, and we are a servant's servant. Luke twenty-two sixty-two says, and Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. My question for you today, church, is have you ever weeped bitterly? Have you ever been inconsolable? Have you ever been face to face with the reality that you were incapable of accepting, but it cannot be denied? I remember one time weeping that hard where you just cannot be consoled. And it was when I was in the hospital and uh, of course, they told me that my kidneys had failed, and I was still struggling with receiving that. But then they hooked me up to the machine for three hours, and I understood that this was real. Like, I didn't pray it away. Like, this was happening. And when you're face-to-face -face with a reality that is just, like, you just don't want that reality for yourself, and you just can't take it, you don't want to accept it, that's sometime when you weep bitterly. Maybe it's when you heard the news of a loved one passing. That may have been the time where you weeped bitterly. You were just so disappointed with life, so disappointed with the, this reality. You did not want anything to do with it. And so sometimes we weep bitterly. But still we must have a passionate desire to change our situation. That's what that weeping is. Inside that weeping is desire to change the situation. Inside that weeping is a desire that God would turn things around. Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. But Peter was an amazing man of God. So we might start right there, but I don't want you to think this is a weak man. Peter was a, a man's man. He was a servant's servant. And he was the one in which Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? And the weeping one, Simon Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. So although we might see him deny Jesus three times when it got hot, 
when he was alone with Jesus, he did recognize him as the Messiah. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. You see, I'm a preacher and I may talk about Jesus, but I will never be the one that convinces you that Jesus is real. It's the Holy Spirit within that will, that will convince you of the truth that, you know what, there's something about this Jesus. Like, this Jesus is real. He must exist because he has changed my life. This Jesus, I have experienced his love. I've called out on his name in my darkest hour, and he has answered, so no one can convince me that this Jesus is not real. Peter was a servant's servant. He was a man's man. And at the beginning, we understand that he uh, recognized who Jesus was. But I want to tell you about a servant's servant today because every single one of you were made by God. And if you were made by God, then you were made for God. Can you say this with me? I was made, I was made for, God. for God. So if you were made for God, that means that you are God's servant. But unfortunately, we are born into sin. And before you choose Christ, you've already been chosen by evil. And out of the womb, we become sin's servant until you are born again. Church, can you say born again? again. Until you are born again, you are sin's servant. When you are born again, you become the Lord's servant and you are used for the master's use. But a good and faithful servant is moved by their master's words. If I tell my son to take out the trash, I expect the trash to be taken out. Because when my father used to say, boy, cut the grass, the grass got cut. <laughs> right? Because a servant, a good and faithful servant is moved by their master's words. So when, when, when you are a good servant, when the master speaks... When your boss speaks, when those in authority over you speak, you are moved by their words. Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49 say this. This is Jesus talking to, to servants, and we are servants this morning. Listen to this. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a house of a heap of ruins. Remember, church, if we are good and faithful servants of the Lord, then we will move at his words. All of us want to stand before Jesus and one day hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But we must first be moved by the master's words. Peter was a servant's servant. He was a man's man and We'll find out soon why he weeps so bitterly, but that wasn't always his story. 
We see there were times in the life of Peter that he would move at the Lord's words just because he recognized him as master. We see here that he was moved by a word to follow Jesus into purpose. So my prayer, Father, in Jesus' name is that as I give this message, that every single one of us will recognize that if this risen Savior is truly our Lord, then we will move at his words. We will faithfully do and obey all that he is asking us to do. Because the thing that God wants most from us is love. And Jesus says this, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. We go to Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 18, as Jesus calls his first disciples. You'll see that Peter is not weeping here. Peter is obeying. It says this, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon. Now, Simon and Peter are the same person, okay? Simon Peter. And his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them. Remember, if you're a good and faithful servant, when the Lord speaks, you move. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Verse 18 says, and they left their nets at once and followed him. So my question for you today, church, is have you obeyed the Lord's call to follow? And why is he calling you? The reason the Lord is calling you is because he's calling you into purpose. He's calling you away from the sin that we've been living in. He's calling us away from destruction. And to hear and obey the voice of the Savior is to receive his salvation. Remember, Jesus came to destroy the works of Satan. Jesus came to do a great work, but he also needed help to do that work. And he still needs help today. So have you obeyed the Lord's call to follow Matthew 16, 24 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. Matthew 10, 38 tells us why. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. Now, everybody wants heaven but not everybody wants to follow Jesus who happens to be taking us to heaven. Do we understand that? That the only way to heaven is through Jesus and being obedient to his word and following him. And he says that if you want to be my disciple, you have to pick up your cross just like he did. Deny yourself and follow me. And we see here that the Lord's servant Peter obeyed the call and left his life behind to follow. He quit his job. I, get, I, I bet you if, if Jesus came to some of our jobs, we'd be like, okay, I'm out of here, right? <laughs> they were fishing, and Jesus said, come follow me, and they threw their nets down. They threw their way of life down to follow the way of life. We also see that Peter was moved by a word to follow into blessing. So the first thing we see is, Jesus calls Peter, Peter responds to the call, and he's going to faithfully follow Jesus so that he can be saved. So, church, when Jesus calls your name, follow him. You'll say, well, pastor, when will he call my name? He'll be calling your name this whole message, right? Saying, hey, this salvation that the preacher's talking about, it's for you. 
I don't want you to be lost, but your sin will take you to hell, but my gift of life will take you to heaven. I want you to receive the gift the pastor's talking about this morning. So the call to salvation, don't ignore that. But there's also a call to blessing. Is anyone willing to put their hands together and say that God has been an amazing blesser in your life? That he's taking care of you, amen. Been so faithful to us. So he also, this master, man, he's so good. And by his word, he even moves us into blessings. And we'll see that happen for Peter. We're in Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, one day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in to him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats. What kind of boats were they? Empty. Two empty boats at the water's edge. For the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. This means that they had not caught anything. Verse 3. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, and what's, what other name does Simon go by? Peter. Okay. Asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. So Simon obeyed the Lord and pushed the boat out into the water. Verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let your nets and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, church, can you say, but if you say so? Come on, when God talks, you've got to listen and be willing to obey because there's always a blessing attached to being obedient to God. He said, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Remember, there were two empty boats at the beginning of this story. And now we've got two full boats. And why? Because they obeyed what the Lord said. So when the Lord spoke, when the master spoke, the servants obeyed. And because they obeyed, they were blessed. Verse 8. When Simon Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. How many of you want to be awestruck with your blessings, right? I want to be so blessed that I am awestruck, right? That's a good place to be financially. I am awestruck at my blessings. Well, how do I get there? By listening. Lord, what do you desire? Some of you think it comes from working 65 hours a week, but when you look at your account and your bills, you're not all struck, you're just all full, right? So how do we do it? We say, Lord, I am your servant, and I trust you, and whatever you say do, I'll do it at your command. We also see that the master moved people to, a, to follow him by faith. We'll go to Matthew chapter 14, verses 24 through 39. It says this, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land. 
For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. Man, this just really jumped out at me. How many of you sometimes wake up at about three o'clock in the morning and you don't know why? Or two o'clock in the morning. Very early in the morning, you wake up and you don't understand why. That would be a good time to say, Jesus, here I am. Lord, what do you desire of me? Because Jesus came near them at 3 o'clock in the morning, and he came towards them walking on water. Now, this is awesome. Now, they've got a problem, right? The water is the problem. But at 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus comes walking across the problem. So if you're ever going through issues in your life, and you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, or 4 o'clock, or 2 o'clock, just say, okay, Jesus, I see you walking across my problem right now, coming towards me, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to thank you for being able to walk across my trouble. Lord, I thank you that you visit me in my darkest hour. All right? So Jesus came towards them walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Church, can you say that with me? I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, remember, this is weeping Peter. This is inconsolable Peter later on, right? But at this time, he's saying, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Verse 29, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. So my question for you today, church, is this. Are you stuck on the boat of life, sitting and watching God, who's capable of doing miracles, but you haven't spoke to him and said, Lord, let me come. I'm telling you today that there are many of you that have issues and problems and you believe in God, but you're still being catapulted around by the, the storm and the waves and the wind. You know that God is there, but you haven't spoke to him and said, Lord, if that's you, let me walk across this problem. Lord, if that's you, let me walk across this issue. And Peter began to walk on water. So we see here that the Lord's servant, Peter, obeyed his master and walked on water with him. So Peter's doing good so far. But as we showed at the opening of this sermon, the, the verse that I gave you was Luke twenty-two sixty-two, And it said this, and Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Now, we see that in the first uh, passage I gave you that Peter saw Jesus and was willing to follow him, right? Excited about this being the Messiah is going to follow him. Then we talked about how they didn't catch anything and they've got a family to feed and their boats were empty. And Jesus saw Peter, Peter saw Jesus, and then Peter believed him. And their boats were filled because he saw him and recognized him and obeyed him. Then we see here that there's a great storm that the disciples thought they were going to die that night. But then they saw Jesus 
And Peter saw Jesus, and Peter was able to walk on water as he looked at Jesus. And he obeyed Jesus. Every example I gave you, Peter obeyed Jesus because that is a servant's job. None of us are servants if we're not obeying God. It's impossible to think that, okay, I'm a Christian if you just prayed a prayer of salvation, but then you never began to obey God. You're just someone that prayed a prayer. In order to be saved, you have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul. You have to give your whole self to God, and you have to follow him. It's not just, it's not just uh, fire insurance. It's not just praying a prayer so I don't go to hell. It's praying a prayer so that I can be born again and I can follow every command of Jesus Christ. But now we see a change. Something's going to change. Let's go to Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 34. Now, Peter had quite an extensive resume. I mean, this guy has walked on water with Jesus. He has saw Jesus uh, allow two Empty boats had become filled to the point where they could have uh, bottomed out. Je Peter had also saw Jesus and recognized him as the Messiah. So Peter was there when Jesus fed the 5,000. He was there when he raised the dead. He was there when he healed sick people. So Peter's got quite the resume of seeing God do miraculous things. So he felt pretty good about himself, right? That kind of resume would allow you to have some pride to say, man, me and Jesus, like, we're, we're like this. Like, we're, we're going to be tight forever, right? Luke 22, verse 31 says this. This is Jesus talking. And, and hear your name in this. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. That means to tear you apart, to cut you into pieces, okay? But I have pleaded for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brother. So Jesus is saying, you know what? You're going to, you're going to sin against me. You're going to fail me. And Peter, with that extensive resume, is like, there ain't no way that I'm going to fail you, right? I've walked on water. I've seen your provisions. So verse 33, Peter said this, Lord, I am ready to go to prison with you and even to die with you. But Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you something. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. So what happened here? Usually, Peter received the Lord's words. The Lord told Peter to drop the net again. Peter said, at your word, I'll do it. The Lord said, Peter, come follow me. Peter followed him. Peter desired to walk on water, and Jesus said, come. So Peter stepped out of the boat. But this time, Peter rejected the word of the Lord and said, I am ready to go to prison with you and even to die for you, right? So the question I have for us today, church, is this. Are we in denial concerning the Lord's word? Listen to 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, about what God says about the end time. And we're living in the end time right now. But let none of us be in denial as you hear these words. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 says this. 
You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times. Church, are times becoming more difficult? Yes. There will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. They will be uh, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. We see that uh, someone shot up a Christian school a week or so ago. People shoot up churches. We, we, we see that now that nothing is sacred, okay? Let's keep going. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Father... If that's us, help us. If that's us, help us to not be in denial. Father, if any of us right now think we're on our way to heaven, but we're not, please wake us up now. We do not want to stand before you and hear, I never knew you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe that these are the end times, but we don't want to be deceived. For your word says that if you didn't come back faster, fast, that even the very elect would be deceived. We don't want to be deceived, and we don't want to be in denial. God, if there's sin in our hearts and we're not serving you, and if we died today and would not see your face in peace, Please help us now. Have mercy on our souls right now. Jesus, forgive us of our sins now. Help us to stop loving this world more than we love you. And we pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So Peter denied God's word. And so what was Peter really denying? Peter denied, one thing he denied was prayer against temptation. Well, we, we call this is the house of prayer, and pretty soon there's going to be a, a class that we teaches us how to pray more. So never deny prayer, because one of the reasons that Peter later weeped in the garden bitterly was because he did not do this. He failed to pray against temptation. Let's go to Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 39. It says this, Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. Then he told them, the master is speaking to the servants, Pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yes, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. So we see here that the Lord's servant Peter did not obey the master's command to pray about the temptation that was near. And how near was the temptation, church? 
Luke chapter 22, verse 47 says this. But even as Jesus said this, a crowd approached, led by Judas, one of the 12 disciples. Judas walked over to Jesus to greet him with a kiss. But Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? So the first thing Peter, before Peter ever denied the Lord, he denied his word. He said, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'll, I'll go to prison and die before I denounce you or deny you. The second thing we see Peter deny is Jesus told him to pray. Temptation is coming, but they fell asleep. So they denied that request to pray when Jesus asked. So before denying Jesus, uh, church, there's, there's things that we're going to be denying before that happens. So let's go to Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 60. So they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home. And Peter followed at a distance. The guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. And Peter joined them there. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, this man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Woman, he said, I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, you must be one of them. No, man, I'm not, Peter retorted. About an hour later, someone else insisted, this must be one of them because he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Now think about this. How many times had Jesus turned to look at Peter? He turned to look at Peter when he called him to be a disciple. He turned to look at Peter when uh, Peter was uh, desiring to walk on water. He turned to look at Peter when Peter had caught no fish to sustain his family. But this time it says, and at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Now, remember all those other words that, that Jesus had spoke to Peter? Peter, launch out into the deep. Peter, come to me on the water. But this time, it was a different word that was flashing in his mind. And the word that he heard while he looked into the eyes of Jesus was... Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. But I told you that this Peter is a rock. Come on now. This Peter is a rock. Uh, Muhammad Ali used to say that he was so bad that he could injure a stone, right? <laughs> this Peter was a rock. And a rock is not easily broken. Now, I can knock this rock over and do no damage to that rock, right? The rock can be picked up again. And Jesus said this, I liken a good follower of mine unto this, that they obey my commandments. And when they do that, it's like they are building their house on the rock. Church, can you say this with me? We are, we are the, church the church of Jesus Christ, of Jesus Christ. Built, built 
Philip. On a rock. All right, so now we know that Peter did some pretty wild things during the time Jesus was being crucified, right? That Jesus was like, uh, Peter was like, Jesus, I hear what you're saying, that you're going to uh, turn yourself over, but that will never happen. And what happened at that moment? Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. That was Peter. We also see Peter, when the guards came to take Jesus away, he drew his sword, and what did he do? He cut off the ear of one of the guards. This is Peter. This boy is wild, right? He's a rock. And Jesus takes the soldier's ear and heals the man again. And now we see Jesus when the fire, well, I'm sorry, Peter, when the fire is hot, he denies Jesus three times. Church, can you say this with me? But Peter was a rock. And I'm trying to tell you that the Bible says that you also are rocks. The Bible calls you living stones, right? And so if Peter was a rock in which the church was founded on, then we've got to see some kind of turnaround for Peter. Remember, Peter was a servant, a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. And although he may have failed to pray against temptation, and although he may have failed to receive receive uh, the word of God when he said that, you know what, uh, you are not going to, to not deny me. Even before the rooster crows in the morning, you're going to deny me three times. Although Peter rejected that word, he didn't reject all of it because to reject the word is to reject Jesus. So Peter was also moved by a word to repent. Luke 22, 31 through 32 say this, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. Father, I thank you that this church has a faith that does not fail. And then the master said this, okay, because we missed this part. And remember that Peter is a faithful servant and follower of God. So listen to what Jesus said at the end. So when you have repented, whoo, so when you have repented, right, we miss the good part because we hear that Peter is going to deny Jesus three times, but still Jesus knows his servant. And he says, you know what? You're going to fail me. But when you have repented, turn to me again and strengthen your brothers. Let's go to Luke chapter 22, 61 through 62. And it says this now at that moment. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Suddenly, the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. And verse 62 says this, and Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Do you know what that weeping was? Repentance. It was repentance. It was to say, oh no, how could I have done this? His heart was broken. And if you truly love the Lord, when you sin against him, your heart is broken. And you turn yourself back to him. And that's what Peter eventually began the process, process of. You see, the Lord's servant Peter obeyed his master and repented of his sins with weeping. And his soul was saved. So the question that I have for you today, church, is this. Have you repented? Now, we've all sinned. Even after the point of salvation, we've all sinned. But the question that you must answer today 
is if you believe that Jesus Christ truly is who he says he is and rose from the grave, the question becomes, have you repented? Now, Jesus called Peter the rock, but the rock didn't sink into sin. He got back up. Jesus called Peter the rock, but the rock still cried out. Church, don't allow your heart to be so hard that you refuse to cry out when you are wrong, that you refuse to cry out when you are sin. Now, Peter didn't just get angry when Jesus' words came true. He began to weep bitterly. What have I done? But if Peter remembered the word that he would deny him, he also remembered the word that Jesus said that he would repent. So church, it's so important that if we truly celebrate this Resurrection Sunday, that we receive the gift that Jesus Christ has for us. If I were to go to all of your houses right now, hopefully I would not see a tree still up. But more importantly, I doubt I'd see any gifts with your name on them that were unwrapped. Because when you get a gift and it has your name on it, you open it to see what's inside. So today I'm telling you that Jesus Christ died for your sins and there is a gift called salvation. You don't have to die and go to hell because he made a way so that all the wrath of God was poured out against him. That's why he was beaten so bad. That's why he was punched in the face and his beard ripped out and they spit on him and they mocked him and they put a crown of thorns upon him. And they said, if you're really Jesus, then save yourselves. But what did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I've got to stay on this cross because if I come down, then they won't be saved and I'm too close to give up now. Church, I'm trying to tell you that the time is running out and you're too close to give up now. You're too close to say, I, 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 I don't want to die and go to hell, but I'm, I'm still kind of having fun out here and I, I still want to experience life and there's things I want to do before I give my life to Jesus. But the problem is this, that you don't know when your life will end. Everybody makes plans for tomorrow, but sometimes tomorrow has made no plans for you. So we have to say, Lord, if you're willing to receive me as a sinner, just as I am, then I'm willing to give you my heart. I am willing to ask that you would forgive me. Now, Peter was a rock and yes, the rock fell, but the rock did not sink. And yes, Peter was a rock, but he was even a rock that was willing to cry out and say, Lord, what have I done? Forgive me. I repent. To repent means that I recognize my sin and where my sin will take me. And I turn away from sin and I have a willingness to follow Jesus into eternal life. There is no fun on earth that's worth an eternity separate from God. There is no party on earth that's, that's going to be more exciting than the wedding supper of the Lamb. There is no sense in gaining the entire world but still losing your soul. 
Jesus died and rose from the grave so that we would also rise from our graves. Because on the last day, there's going to be a trumpet that sounds. And the word of God says that first, the dead in Christ will rise from their graves. And they'll be called up in the sky to meet Jesus. And there forevermore with him they will be. There's not a sin in the world worth losing out and having a savior. So today, we must repent. Joel chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. I'm going to read that, but I want you to know this. I started this message with a, 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 a verse that said, Peter wept bitterly. Peter wept bitterly. Why? Because his repentance was so strong. He says, oh, how could I forsake the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? But I know he will have me back. I know he will have me back. So I'm going to weep bitterly. I'm going to show him that I am so sorry for this sin. Lord, will you have me back? And because I know he'll have me back, I'm willing to cry. And I'm willing to admit that I have sinned. That's what to repent means. I admit that I have sinned. I admit that I am a sinner in need of a savior. Peter wept bitterly. Joel chapter 2 verses 12, 13 says this. That is why the Lord says, who says it? That is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Can you stand to your feet this morning? We're going to create a space we're going to create an opportunity for you to hear the voice of the Lord and faithfully obey. We're going to create an, a space in this moment for you to let courage rise up inside of you and says, you know what? It doesn't matter if I'm in this church by myself or if there's a hundred people here with me. I've got a decision to make today. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to waste the gift of God, which is salvation through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I acknowledge that I've been living in sin, but I don't want to die in sin. Father, I pray for those hearing the sound of my voice right now. I am a servant's servant, and I am not the one that died for their sins, but I'm the one sent to tell them about you. Jesus Christ died for your sin that you might be forgiven, but you must choose him. You must repent and say, Lord, I repent of my sin. Would you please save me? I'm going to ask in a moment how many of you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is raise your hand right where you are. 
and we're going to pray together and you're going to be able to see God's face in peace when you leave this earth. But it's not just about the prayer that we pray right now. You've got to be willing to say that every day from this moment forward, I will follow the voice of my master. I will listen to his word. I will obey his commandment. I will turn away from my sin. But for now, I'm going to weep bitterly. I'm going to say, God, I thank you for your grace because if I had died before this moment, I would have been lost. So I'm going to weep bitterly and say, Lord, you've been so gracious to me. You've been so kind to me. Thank you for letting me hear the truth. Thank you for this message, God. And I'm going to ask that you would save my soul. So if you're here today, and you want to be sure that Jesus Christ is your savior, if you want to repent of your sins, if you're ready to weep bitterly and say, man, I don't know that if I died today, I don't know if I would go to heaven or not. And I'm not cool with that. I'm willing to weep bitterly right now and say, Lord, I desire your salvation. I want everyone's eyes closed right now, please. Everyone's eyes closed. Now, if today is your day where you're willing to say, Lord, I have failed you way more than three times. I have denied you way more than three times. But if you were willing to forgive the founder, if you are willing to forgive the foundation of the church, then you're willing to forgive me too. So if you are willing to give your soul to Jesus, because what that means is the devil can't have my soul. What that means is hell cannot have my soul. I'm giving my soul to Jesus Christ, the one that was crucified for me. I'm giving him my soul. If that's you today, and you haven't done that before or you know that you need to, all eyes are closed. It's just you and Jesus right now. If you want Jesus to save your soul, would you lift your hands in this place right now? Who is it will say, Jesus, I want you to save me from all of my sins. Lord, I repent of my sin today. Here's the deal. The Bible says that if you're ashamed of me, then I have no choice but to be ashamed of you and the company of my father. Listen, this is nothing to be shameful about. It's the wisest decision that you'll ever make in eternity is to give your life to Jesus. I'm going to say a prayer. And if you need the Lord's salvation today, I, want, I, I desperately, if I could beg you to say it, I'd beg you to say it. But, but my begging won't save you. It's just your acknowledgement to say, Jesus, I need you. If that's you today, I want you to softly pray this prayer as I pray it. Jesus, I ask you to please forgive me of my sins. I repent. I have sinned against you. And I am in need of a savior. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you walked this earth 
in the flesh. I believe that after three days, you rose from the grave. So now I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the savior of the world, that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Now, Father, I believe that you have forgiven me, that I am saved, that if I die today, I'll be in heaven with you forever. And now, Father, I ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God some praise.